Hey everyone, I'm your host, Stanley Genetic, and welcome to the Landscape Disruptors podcast. Landscape Disruptors is a platform that showcases top performers in the landscape and snow industry and discusses all things related to business and beyond. This is a platform for sharing advice that relates to helping landscapers build successful and well-planned out businesses of their own. Viewers can expect a variety of guest experts to talk about all functions related to business, including sales, marketing, making better equipment decisions, and a variety of other topics that will help you be a more efficient and more profitable landscape company. You can learn more about our free content at landscapedisruptors.com. Before I intro our guest today, I wanna to give a big shout out to LMN Software. They're the ones that are making this happen. I've personally been using their software in my own company for the last year, and it's a complete game changer for my business. LMN is the most comprehensive landscape business management software in the industry. From budgeting, estimating, customer relationship management, time tracking, and so much more. It's the true do-it-all tool for your landscape business and provides a platform to scale your company to the next level. And the best part about LMN is they have a free version which you can begin using today. Just visit golmn.com backslash disruptors to learn more and start taking advantage of the software that's helped me grow my business into a successful, sustainable, and profitable company. That's golmn.com backslash disruptors. All right, you guys, welcome back to the Landscape Disruptors podcast. And today we have Lisa Beyer, and she's from the Buyers Group. Lisa, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Stanley. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on. And today we're going to be talking about trends in 2020, Web 3.0, what that is and what that means, because it means something different to everybody out there. I didn't even know what it meant. Thanks for finding out. And we're just going to be going through uh, also a digital detox. I think that's something else that I would really like to touch base on. Um, so, but before we go down this path, Lisa, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself and, and what you do? Sure. So um, I've been an agency, a PR agency owner for about the past 20 years and uh, staying ahead of the curve in public relations. So I was an early adopter of Web 2.0, which included Facebook and social media and SEO and bringing search and social into the public relations strategy. So that was um, a newish thing at the time and still is not 100 um, percent being embraced by all public relations professionals and brands, small and large. Um, and this year, I resigned from the agency model and all of my clients to focus on bringing my um, my expertise instead of one-to-one, one-to-many. So I launched a course called Modern PR Secrets, where I share all of my strategies and actionable insights that any brand, small and large, can use on how to leverage the power of PR, SEO, and social and also focusing on where Web 3.0 is taking us as um, brands and marketers and what we need to know to stay ahead. So I would say right now I'm an early adapter of Web 3.0 and what that means to public relations, marketing, and brands. So Web 3.0 is like what Facebook and social media was to Web 2.0 almost a decade or so ago. Is that right? Exactly. Yeah. So Web 1. But it's happening right now as it's going on. And so I'm going to guess, Lisa, that there's what there's three phases. There's the, the pioneers. That's the guys that are the first in. And those are the guys that are going to get the most results in two, three, five years down the road. 
Then there's the early adopters, and then there's the people that come in late to the game because everybody else is finally doing it, and they think the water is safe to go swimming. Is that would that be a be a fair synopsis of, of where we're at right now? I would say so. I, I think that the time frames are going to happen much quicker than what you just described. So it's not going to be years. Like Web 2.0 took a good, you know, 12 to 15 years to get where it is today. Um, we're seeing Web 3.0 happening like in lightning speed much quicker. And that is due to technology just being where it is today. So things can happen. You know, when the iPhone first was introduced, However, many years ago, you know, the iPhone first edition, I mean, who would have known where that iPhone would be today, what it is? I mean, it's basically like, you know, your your access to everything, whether it's your apps, it's your family, it's your business. I mean, it's your lifeline. Who would have thought that that's where that's where the iPhone was going? So it took a good you know decade for that to happen. That's not going to happen with Web 3.0. It's it's happening very quickly. Um, and like one day is equal to maybe two weeks in Web 3.0 life. What is what is Web 3.0? So Web, I'll just take you through like, so Web 1.0 was basically when the internet, you know, and websites first became, you know, something that businesses thought they might need. And it maybe took a year to three to five years for businesses to actually go from like, you know, not having a digital presence to having even their first website. Um, Fast forward to Web 2.0, that's when Google and Facebook and Twitter and LinkedIn and like big tech started coming in. And when Web point, Web 1.0 and Web 2.0 early days first were, you know, when we were in that era, um, things were actually decentralized. And now we are in the space of Web 2.0 where... 60%, a lot of what we're doing, we're being controlled by Google and by Facebook. And um, we don't have as much control as we did with our, for example, you know, your social advertising on Facebook or Google ads or even optimizing for Google. So Web 3.0 is taking us on hopefully more of a decentralized route where um, you'll have more control, you'll be able to build community. And um, it's it includes buzzwords, which I'm sure you've heard, like the metaverse or digital worlds, um, building community and using technology in ways that we have not used before because technology hasn't been as accessible as it is right now. Metaverse and digital worlds. Okay, I'm taking notes here, Lisa. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, okay, so, I mean, Mark Zuckerberg just announced the new name for Facebook as Meta and, you know, is kind of like trying to claim uh stake in the ground of the metaverse. So the metaverse isn't just Facebook. The meta, There's not just one metaverse. Um, the metaverse has many definitions and is still very fluid in what the actual definition of the metaverse is. But the metaverse um, in general is going to be something that's going to connect our digital and physical worlds, um, you know, whether it be for personal reasons, for social reasons, and also for business reasons. So just to give you kind of like a very basic example, so you could, you know, be visiting a digital world that maybe that you're part of or a community. And in that digital world, maybe there's a wine shop and you go into that wine shop and you talk to a, an avatar who's actually, you know, a person, but it's their Wait avatar. Wait a minute, is this like one of them Sims things you're talking about, Lisa? Is this like one of those, the Sim City or whatever, where... Do you know what I'm talking um, about? 
I, I think so. But I mean, it, there's a lot of a lot of different um, examples of what a digital world could be. It could be that you have maybe a community on Altspace VR of, you know, let's just say landscapers and that landscapers can meet in a digital world that maybe is, you know, called the LMN digital world. And they go in with, you know, in, in VR and they're able to communicate in more of an immersive real life experience than we're doing right now. We're, we're in a 2D, 2D experience talking on Zoom or, you know, something like Zoom, like Zencaster, where in a virtual world, you're able to, you know, have a more real life experience, an immersive experience with the people that you're communicating with and, and talking with or, um, you know, having some sort of a meetup or even an event or a training. So it's just bringing um, virtual reality, augmented reality, or are, you know, kind of like, you know, part of this whole metaverse, but there are ways to, to, to enter the metaverse. So using VR and augmented reality are just some ways. Facebook just announced they have a virtual world called Horizon. So you can, you know, dabble in that with a headset and create a world that's called, I'm just using LMN as an example, or Landscape Disruptors as an example. Like you could create the Landscape Disruptors world in Horizon. And anyone that wants to meet up there, however often, can meet in that world and it's customized to you. So it's really taking this experience of, interaction and engagement and community and collaboration to a whole new level of, um, of, of digital. And it's, it's leveraging technology, but making it much more personal and much more controlled than it is right now. Okay. So let me see if I got this straight. Um, you're going to put on your VR headset, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I'm just, I'm just, you, so yeah. once you put that VR headset on, you're now in a three dimensional room. And so let's just say Mark Bradley, head of LMN, um, is putting on a training course. Okay. And he's putting on a 3D virtual training course. And if I put on my 3D headset, I can go sit here in my office where I'm at right now, but I'm actually sitting in the room with Mark and maybe 15 other people. So I'm in a virtual classroom at that point and I'm interacting with that virtual environment in a not much different way than I would as if I was actually physically sitting there. Is that what we're actually talking about with this thing? Yeah, so that's completely accessible right now through Facebook has what's called Horizon Workrooms, where you could create your own virtual um, event space and you would need a headset to join. And yeah, you would um, be able to um, collaborate and, you know, be in a more of a, a 3D real real life immersive experience than you would just on a Zoom call or on a conference call or on a webinar. Oh, God, I love your, your I avatar. Love, I love 3D, man. I'm I'm a big, big 3D believer. Um, I think it's just the beginning of what we're doing. I didn't know that they were actually going to be putting on rooms. That may, that makes so much sense. I mean, so if I wanted to go a, attend a training seminar instead of having a two dimensional person just sitting here in front of me and like like you and I are talking right now, I could put on my headset and I could actually be in the classroom looking around hanging out with, I could have my buddies there and have people I don't know there, have the training instructor there and, and feel like I'm actually part of that environment. 
Yeah, and there's whiteboards, and I mean, it's it's like a, a conference-like setting, conference room-like setting. I mean, you could have your internal meetings um, with, with your team from all over the world in your own, you know, branded workroom. And there's workrooms that are like virtual, you know, virtual offices. And then there's, um, it's called Horizon Worlds, where you could actually create your own customized world. So I'm creating a world for my course that I'm teaching, and it's going to be called the Modern PR Secrets World. So anybody that takes my course, you know, if they don't have to, but if they want to get a headset and they want to come and join us for these collaborations in the virtual world for Modern PR Secrets, they can. And I have students from, you know, professionals from all over the world that are able to meet and network and and it, it create. I mean, are you getting the idea of how it's creating more of a community in that sense than just joining a webinar or joining a Zoom call? Well, Lisa, it basically you're three-dimensionally in the room with the people around you at that point. Right. And you are, you're represented by your own personalized avatar. You're wearing, you know, your branded shirt. You're wearing the hat that you're wearing now or something similar. You have your beard on your avatar if you want to have that. and Or you can be somebody completely, you know, like your alter ego self and maybe, you know, be, you know, dress up in a different way with your avatar. But you know, just generally speaking, like my avatar represents me, you know, my digital self, but in, in real life. So, you know, I've got blonde hair and I dress, you know, in, in a style that I would dress in real life, but I transfer that over to digital. And if there's Gucci available for me to wear, I'll pick out something from Gucci and I'll pay extra for that outfit. And that's just an example of, you know, where brands can kind of cross over into the metaverse and sell digital goods that are just really digital pieces of, you know, a, a, a Gucci hat, or, you know, you could give out, give away landscape disruptor hats. So you, you can actually use real money to buy digital items for your avatar, just like they do in free video games. What the heck is the name of that super popular video game where my son played it and he would, he would like, shoot people and then he would build things and forts and I don't remember the name of the game but yeah, it was it is it's similar to Fortnite yeah that's it it's, it's it is Fortnite, similar you can spend tons of money in that game but it's completely yeah. free exactly exactly but this is really taking it to a different level this is taking it more to a business level so b2b right. or b2c level where you can take your brand into into the metaverse and you know make sure that you're involved in, you know, or, or starting communities that that you can create, you can teach, you can collaborate, you can hold events. Okay, so now, um, Lisa, this, you wrote a book about digital detoxing, right? Yes. This is like the exact opposite of what you wrote a book on. It is, it is. And, um, you know, we have to adjust our lives and our, and our, are, you know, kind of like how we're really going to do a digital detox, because thanks to the pandemic, things fast forwarded with digital. And we, you know, we're, we all of a sudden were on digital more than we ever were. And we had a serious mental health issue because of digital before the pandemic. And now the pandemic has put us in into this place in our life where there really is no turning back. It really isn't realistic to we were talking before we went on, you know, going a couple days off the grid. Yeah, you can plan that. But there's, it's, it's also, it's in some ways more stressful to do that because you're connected to your family, you're connected to your business, you're connected to, um, 
Okay, wait, a Lisa. We, we're, we're, putting the cart in front of, we're putting the cart in front of the horse here, real quick. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. For the guys that weren't, you know, the two, you know, most no, most people don't know what we're talking about. Off camera, you and I were talking about digitally detoxing, and I was trying to figure out what the heck you were talking about. And what I shared a story with you was every week on Sunday, I turn off everything electronic, period. I don't touch my phone. I don't touch a computer. I don't touch anything. The only thing I, I, I just, I just go out into the woods and I, I just shut off. And I've done that for years and years. You just, you can't reach me, but I leave the phone on and I come back and I'll look at it just enough to make sure if there's an emergency at home, right. uh, somebody could text me or, you know, I, just enough that I, I'm not missing an emergency, but I do that one day a week, but that's not, is that considered a digital detox or what is that can even considered? Lisa, I don't even know. I just, something I Yeah. Do. I mean, digital detox is, um, you know, it's a loose phrase now because it used to mean like completely stopping digital. And that's what the example that you're giving, you're like, you know, going without your phone for a day, which is awesome. A year or two ago before the pandemic, people would want to go on a digital detox vacation where they would just not have, not, you know, have their phone for, for more than a day. And what I'm saying is a day is realistic for a digital detox, but more than a day isn't really, if especially if you're a business owner, an entrepreneur, because so many things are connected to our phone and to digital. So now we've kind of had to evolve and adjust the term digital detox secrets. It could mean digital detox could mean taking, you know, hours off your phone during the day when you're not sleeping, but it could also mean using digital in a way that is positively influencing your mental health. So there are ways that we can leave digital in our lives and on 24 seven, but they are positively influencing us. So for example, um, you're using digital um, to maybe go on a YouTube channel and take a 10 minute break and do Qigong or go on a YouTube channel or use an app for meditation and just, you know, closing your eyes, taking like a 20 minute break while you're, you know, in your car even and just listening to that. So that's using digital to for your to your advantage when it comes to mental health. So sitting there and scrolling on your Instagram feed just mindlessly or Facebook, that's not using digital to your mental health advantage. That's really hurting your your brain cells and um, not having any positive impact whatsoever. It's causing stress. It's causing you fear of missing out. It causing, it's causing you to like go down a rabbit hole that, and waste time that you don't need, where the example I gave using it, you know, to do something that is mentally healthy and positive for 20 minutes is going to have a positive impact when you're done using digital. Does that make sense? Totally. I mean, I, 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 I couldn't agree with you more. Um, and, and some quicker hacks to, to, you know, take a digital detox. So instead of, you know, what you're doing is great. If anybody can do that, do it without it causing you more stress from not having access to digital. But if you take a couple hours, if you give yourself a cutoff, two hours, let's say before you go to bed, that you're not being exposed to any screens, then that's going to have a positive impact on your sleep. It's going to give you um, a better sleep score if you're if you're scoring your sleep using a Fitbit or an Aura Ring, and that is really in, a much easier 
and I would say doable way to take digital and take a digital detox. And if you are going to use your phone or a screen before you go to bed, then use the the blue light glasses so that you're not being exposed to the, the harmful blue light that is really going to screw up your melatonin and have impact your, you know, your sleep. And I, just to back this up, because not everybody probably knows this, Lisa, but there's been studies done that prove that the light coming from your phone um, will actually, if you, I don't know what it is, one to two hours before you go to bed, it'll screw up your sleep cycle. And the actually, I don't know about you, but the new iPhones actually have it so you can switch it over. So instead of having a blue light, it actually has a calming effect. So if you do have, if you do lay there and you watch your, look at your phone or whatever to relax, it's, it's not going to keep you up and screw you up. Yes. Yeah. That's exactly what I'm talking about. And it's not, it's not just your iPhone or your smartphone. It could also be from watching TV or, you know, being exposed to any, any type of screen, including an iPad or, um, you know, a tablet. So just protecting yourself an hour or two before you go to sleep without being exposed to that blue light, that is a digital detox. I didn't even think about the TV. Cause I mean, yeah. I mean, I love to go to sleep watching TV. Uh, who doesn't? Yeah. Right? You just, you put it on. It's a, because TV is what I call a lean back form of media, right? You put the TV on, you kick your feet up and you stop thinking. You just let them entertain you where like YouTube and some of the other, they're lean, they're considered a lean in media. And so when you put on a YouTube video, you're usually trying to educate or entertain yourself, but yeah. you're leaning in. You're trying to soak in the messaging because you're looking for a deeper or more specific content. I didn't even realize the impact that a TV would have on that. So the TV can affect you as well. Yes, definitely. Definitely. And one thing that I think, um, you know, especially for entrepreneurs, because we're always on and we it's hard to turn things off. Sleep is so important. And if if you can focus on and really benchmark your sleep, you'll realize, you know, I'm like very into analytics. So that's why I highly recommend getting a Fitbit or the Aura Ring. Because, and the Aura Ring is actually um, a, a tiny bit more um, technically like accurate than the Fitbit, but they're both awesome. And they both, through the app, will show you what your sleep score is. And, and they break it down into light sleep, deep sleep, um, your heart rate. And once you start paying attention to that and seeing, okay, like it's almost like you gamify it. So I'm trying to always get an 80 or above sleep score. But if I, you know, do some of these things that we talked about, like if I work late, if I'm if I'm like looking at my phone, um, you know, right before I go to sleep, if I drink a couple, you know, glasses of wine right before I go to sleep, you know, it really has a negative impact on my sleep score. So I'm more aware. Well, wait a minute, wait a minute. Drinking wine has a negative impact on your sleep score, Lisa? Yes. Yeah. Alcohol does in general, depending on when you drink it. So if you drink, whether it's wine or, you know, a couple cocktails right before you go to sleep versus two or three hours before you go to sleep, the two or three hours before you go to sleep will not have the negative impact that right before the drinks right before you go to sleep. Hey, I heard that if you eat right before you go to sleep, that can screw you up. Is that even accurate or is that just a crock of BS? No, well, I think, you know, what eating and drinking before you go to sleep, it increases your heart rate. And so, you know, it causes, you know, because you're causing your body to digest food and, um, you know, the, the alcohol 
regardless, it increases your heart rate. So you're just not getting a sound, you're not getting the sound quality sleep than if you didn't do that. So it's hard because, you know, who doesn't like to have a couple glasses of wine or cocktails after work just to kind of like calm down and it does calm you down. <coughs> the trick is, is trying to time it so it's not too close before you go to bed. Okay. But all this is, becomes very apparent when you start benchmarking and tracking it with the analytics. Like, you know, you don't have to believe what I'm saying. Just go get one of the, if you don't have a Fitbit already or, or a ring, invest in it for the holidays, you know, get yourself that gift for the holidays. Wait, and Wait, do you actually think those things work? I mean, like, you think you think they're accurate? Because I'll tell you straight up, Lisa, now you're making me cough. Um, I've had a cough before that. All right. Um. Because I don't know, man. I, I had one of them Fitbit things, right? And I wore it, and I'm like, there ain't no way that I'm waking up in the middle of the night. Like, according to that thing, I was, like, almost wide awake at every night at, like, from 2 to 3. And then I went back to sleep, and I'm like, I don't remember it, so that didn't happen. I mean, yeah. is that accurate? I mean, so do you think they're accurate, and, and we just don't know it, or what's the scoop with that? No, I, I believe that they're extremely accurate. They might not be 100% accurate, but they're, um, there's been studies done on them, and it, they're, they're accurate. The Aura Ring is, they just came out with the um, Gen 3 Aura Ring. So now it doesn't only track your sleep, but it also tracks your, your movement during the, the day. So it can tell, you know, how much well, wait, cardio. What is an Aura Ring? Is that like a ring or a watch or what is it's, it? Yeah, it's a ring. I don't have one. My husband has one, but it's, it's a it's, ring. Um, you actually wear a ring. Yeah, you wear a ring. It looks like just a. It comes in black or silver or gold. It's just a very okay. simple band. It doesn't look like anything that you know. It's very simple and understated, but yeah, the technology. That's an example that I would say is like a great use of using digital technology to track your health score and really open your eyes to, you know, how, how, you know, where you can improve and where you're already doing well. And it, it gamifies it. It makes you realize each day, like, okay, I barely moved today. So, you know, this isn't good for me, or I've moved a lot and you feel good about it. And it also gives you this, it's called the ready score. So, you know, depending on how, how your sleep was and depending on, you know, what happened the day before, if you're really stressed out, it'll tell you, you know, your ready score. Are you ready for the day or are you like a little bit off today? And, and it'll give you some reasons why. Yeah, I don't think I'd like that. I don't want I don't want some gizmo or gadget telling me if I'm ready for the day or not, because it's a self-fulfilling prophecy at that point. And I honestly don't know if technology is even to the point yet where I buy that it's how accurate it is. Now, this goes nothing against you, Lisa, but I also remember seeing signs uh, back in the 1940s and 50s where doctors recommended you blow smoke into a baby's face. You take a nice big puff off of a cigarette and blow it in their face because it calms them down. Well, they're freaking choking. They're not being calmed down. They're like, what the hell? And this is what they recommended, you know, two generations ago. So I'm a, I'm a little hesitant about what I'm going to buy, you know, if I believe any of that stuff or not yet. But I guess that's the, that's part of the I'm playing it safe. I'm not the pioneer. I'm not the early <laughs> adopter. And in this mind frame, it's going back to what we were talking about with Web 3.0 is I'm going to wait for everybody else to figure it out before I'm going to even bother doing it, right? So there's there, there's a little bit of that mind frame, and I'm just pointing that out to, to the audience so that they can recognize how easy it is 
for for someone you know even like us where we're talking about early adopters and new technology and taking it on and then we're like oh i don't know if i buy that so um say what other trends do you see happening coming up in 2022 though well i see that um you know, Facebook is trying to claim itself to be the metaverse and, you know, redefine themselves, rename, rebranded meta. Um, it's going to become more difficult to use Facebook the way that we've been used to using Facebook over the past five to seven years. It's be, be going to become, it is becoming more expensive. Um, so I see that earned media and whether that's earned media through using influencers, creators, collaborators, media outreach, public relations is 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 kind of the, the pendulum is swinging more to that direction as being the better investment versus um, buying your buying your leads, let's say, or buying buying your way into brand awareness or buying your way into your prospects. Okay, so you see that working with a content creator is going to be a better opportunity for a small business to get its brand known and aware versus them just sludging through the mud and trudge and just trying to build an audience on their own. And maybe, and a lot of them, they, they don't, they don't do it naturally and organically. They don't have the time, the patience and the wherewithal because it's a crap ton of work for one. So then they go to Google AdWords, they go to well, not, not on Facebook, but then they, they go to paid platforms on Facebook where you can pay to have your stuff pushed and promoted. But that's I, I heard, no, that's not going to be as effective, the paid campaigns. Is that is that correct, Lisa? Is that is that what you're hearing? Well, the speculation and the direction that things are going in is that it's going to become quite expensive, more expensive, and you're not going to be able to get the return on investment, you're not going to be able to get the um, the CPAs that you were getting, you know, let's say the past year or two. Um, so it's, it's, it's just going to become more challenging and you're going to need more expertise to in, and invest more into getting the paid results. So it's like, you know, you have somebody managing your paid and then you're paying the media spend on whatever types of campaigns you're doing. So I'm, I'm just saying that it's going to become more affordable and getting a better return on your investment. Things are going to have to be done a different way than that they've been done in the past. But a better way to say it, to simplify it, is that building community is going to be the key. And building community through your influencers, your your creators, um, through technology, through earned media, through you know building relationships with the, the media is going to really in the long term, if you like look back and say, oh, you know, this Facebook campaign, um, you know, in a year from now, like what did that really bring? Where if you invested in, let's just say in general community and media outreach and building relationships, that is going to have momentum and carry forward into earned media and earned relationships that digital advertising can't buy you. Does that make sense? Is he, yeah, it does to me, but I'm familiar with media, so that may be um, – is the algorithm changing then, Lisa, behind the scenes? Is that is there going to be a big switchover in how – and we're talking about Facebook um, and Meta. When is Facebook changing to Meta? Is the algorithm changing behind the scenes? And then my follow-up question is going to be, what is YouTube and Google going to do to keep up with this new Metaverse that Facebook seems to be pushing so hard? 
Well, I mean, Google and Facebook and Apple, they're all working very hard to deliver and own, you know, and control Web 3.0. And so the question, the jury is still out, is for Web 3.0, are they going to have as much control or are the creators, the brands going to have the control and have more options and not right now, Facebook owns your Facebook page. You know, you don't own that. We don't own that. Facebook owns it. So instead of relying on these big tech companies to use them for our branding and our marketing and our public relations, there's going to be new and there already is new and innovative ways where we don't have to rely on Facebook and Google for it. And we can go direct to our audience and, and own our own media and earn the media. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. So that's part of the decentralization that you started talking about when we first started talking. Correct. Nobody knows exactly where it's going to end up, but this conference I just went to yesterday, I mean, the word Facebook was like, nobody even wanted to say the word. Nobody even wanted to say the word meta or Mark Zuckerberg. Everybody is focused on creating this decentralized type of economy, environment for brands, for creators, for marketers. Um, And and really every business, small and large, needs to be focusing on what is going to be their metaverse strategy. They don't have to know what it is today, but they have to understand that they will need eventually a metaverse strategy. Okay. What What does a metaverse strategy look like? So just to give you some examples, it could, it could mean, you know, this for, for fashion brands, it's, it's, it's a little bit easier. So fashion brands can take their, their, their brands from physical life to digital life. So, you know, what's your favorite brand? Like, what do you, what, what kind of clothing brands do you like? I like whoever gives me free t-shirts and is nice to me. Okay. So who would that be? (laughs) Uh, Like, what's your favorite hat? I'm wearing a Ditch Witch t-shirt. There you go. What is it? Uh, today, my T-shirt says Ditch Witch on it. I got okay, that so, from the DIE three years ago. Okay, so great. So they could have they could invest in creating digital T-shirts that you could pick to wear, you know, on your avatar. And so that that would be, you know, one very simple example of a metaverse strategy. So how can you take your brand and bring it into the metaverse and have some sort of brand awareness happening? So maybe you create a room in a digital world. Um, you know, there's platforms like who's hosting, this, who's hosting the digital world. That's what I want to find out, Lisa. I mean, I get I get that you can buy the clothing and stuff, but on fa- Facebook, you've got Meta, you've got their Horizon Rooms or whatever. YouTube is another platform, but then YouTube owns your page. Facebook owns your page over on your Facebook site. And what you're saying is they're going to decentralize it so Mark Zuckerberg doesn't own you. YouTube doesn't own you. Who does own you is you own you. But I own me right now, and that doesn't mean I have a metaverse. If I wanted to go out and start to put together my meta strategy, where would I even start? Has anybody even discovered that or given a sense of direction or even a – I mean – I don't even understand where you'd begin with this concept or do we just at this point, don't we need to know that? And do we got to just concentrate on understanding, hey, there's some crap coming down the pipeline we better be aware of? Yeah, I think that's a great place to start is just to start doing your research on what what exactly is the metaverse? What are things like, you know, start exploring a little bit in crypto and um, 
learn a little bit about what what is an NFT, what are these digital assets, le- explore digital worlds. I mean, just play around with it. You know, it's What's not something an NFT? that NFT stands for non fungible token, and so it's basically a digital asset that you can prove ownership of. So, it's like for that example, cat with the toast body that squirts rainbows out of its ass as it flies through the sky, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's, yeah. the, that's the most famous one. It's on the news all the time. Yeah, yeah, that is a famous one. Yeah, but um, NFTs can be used for smart contracts. Um, it's a digital asset, so it's any type of intellectual property. Um, you can sell tickets to an event using NFTs. Um, so there's a lot of business-oriented ways that you can use NFTs. It sounds a little bit like, you know, crazy talk, future, futuristic Star Trek-y talk right now. But I'm just, um, I just want to just suggest to everybody that's listening, start your research to start paying attention to what Web 3.0 could mean to your business. What are some ways that you can just try it out and experiment? So, you you know, start number one, um, just experiment a little bit in crypto. Start your, create a MetaMask wallet. Start right there. Just start, just start exploring and playing around with it, not from a business standpoint, but just play around with it. Get some of these, like go through the process of, you know, maybe buy an NFT so you understand that process. Maybe explore a little bit with Bitcoin, crypto. I know it, it sounds kind of like this isn't something that is relevant to your audience right now, but I guarantee some of the people that are listening are already experimenting and they're like, oh my God, right, exactly. And some of them are like, wait, this is like... No, not happening in this industry. Um, I, I promise you that it, it it will, it is, and it's just something that everybody needs to have on their radar so that they're at least not behind and that they're a little bit educated, even if it's their own for their own personal use. How fast do you think this is going to move? If you said it took 12 to 15 years for Web 2.0 to come to fruition, and this is on a two-week to one-day cycle, what do you see this Web 3.0 being in full swing, and if you don't know it, you're behind it. And, and I, a lot is ha- has happened in the past six months, like lightning speed. So I would say in the next 12 to 18 months, we are going to see so much happen right in front of us. And I can just tell you from you know being on the on an early adopter or pioneer using Facebook and and Twitter and LinkedIn and just social in general from a business standpoint, I was in it since day one. So like as things happened. I was already in it and I was like, okay, now this, this came up now. Okay. Now I understand this. So the earlier you start, the easier it is to really, really be able to wrap your brain around it. Don't ignore it. Embrace it. Yes. Don't ignore it. Embrace it. I think that's a key because I think a lot of people just, they, they ignored the internet. Oh, that's going away. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. Okay. So is air, man. Yeah. So, so, so is air. Web, web 3.0 is basically, you know, the next phase of the internet. Good to know. So you went to a seminar yesterday. I went to, it was called NFT Basel. So it was in Miami, which is kind of like a big hub of the NFT world. Um, yeah, it was very insightful. And, you know, the, the great thing is that Nobody's an expert right now in the metaverse, in Web 3.0, in NFTs, in crypto. Everybody's learning. But one thing that everybody agrees on is that this is not going away. Was there any like one main takeaway that you took out of this event that you could share with us? Or have you already done that? Well, the one 
I think brilliant takeaway was that NFTs are going to be the new social posts. I'm sorry, what? NFTs will be the new social posts. What is that? I don't even know what that means, Lisa. So we do social posts on Facebook, on Twitter. So I'm I'm just saying like it's because it's it's not going to be it's going to be as as day to day as how we are social using social posts. We are sharing things on social. NFTs are going to be into our mainstream life. I, I okay. I don't. I don't get it. Okay, so we're gonna. If okay, let me just ask you this. Mm-hmm. I, I hop into a virtual world, right? Mm-hmm. And I want my my virtual dude to look cool. So I got to go buy a virtual jacket for him or a shirt or what have you. Is that what you're talking about? Like, is a social post that's going to be a common. It's going to be common day to day, like going to the grocery store and buying eggs and milk, except you're buying crap for your avatar in a in a virtual world. Is that going to be that common? Yeah, that would be more of an example of you know, um, and investing in digital digital um, assets for your or digital items. Like instead of buying a t-shirt in real life, you you might buy a t-shirt for your avatar, but you might go into a virtual world. Like I might go to, you know, let's just say Landscape Disruptors has an event in a virtual world and you're selling things that are more in the physical world. Like let's say you're selling, let's say you're giving away um, um, like a snowplow, right? In one of your virtual world events. So that's an example of you're, you're participating in a virtual world, but you are you're going to, somebody is going to win a physical item that they're going to use in their, in their physical world, in their real world. Yeah. So it's a collision of physical and virtual. So it's not going to be like, oh, we're just going to like do this in our virtual world. And then we're going to do this in our physical world. They're colliding. They're becoming 3D. Okay. Well, hey, wait a minute. We did never did answer the question is <laughs> when is Facebook becoming meta? What's that timeline look like? When does that switch over? And is the algorithm going to change behind the scenes? So I'm, I don't have a crystal ball and I am not good friends with Mark Zuckerberg and he doesn't share that insight with me, but me, Facebook is already meta and the algorithm changes literally a few, many times a day. So I just personally wouldn't put all my eggs in the Facebook advertising basket. I would start exploring other newer technologies and, and, and Web 3.0 possibilities to replace the budget that is being put into Facebook advertising. Hmm. Okay, right but, in your horizons, literally. Um, <laughs> one, one last question, Lisa. Um, what did you mean by NFTs or the new social posts? I still don't get that. I don't even understand what that means. So do you, do you um, post on social media for your business? Yeah. Okay. So I'm assuming like most people listening use Instagram, use Facebook. So as common as it is for us to use Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn to post things about our business on social, it will be that common to use an NFT for different reasons for our business. So the NFT could be, um, you know, the ticket to an event. The NFT can be the, the white paper. The NFT can be, there's utilities that the NFT has. Um, so it's going to be as common as social posts. Okay, wait a minute. Is that is that anything like when you get your your 
you tick it to your air airline and it's on your phone and it's not in your hand. Is that what you're talking about? Or am I, am I way off? Am I just not even comprehending this thing? Well, I mean, the example that you're giving, you don't actually own that. Like you bought something that, but you you don't own that digital asset. Right. Right. Yeah. I get, I get that. What I'm saying is if I'm going to throw an event and I want to sell a hundred tickets and I sell them all online, is that what you're referring to? Or I, I'm, come on, teach um, this old dog, Lisa. Come on, you can do it. I believe it now. <laughs> um, the thing with the NFTs is that somebody owns the NFT. So there is ownership involved where when you buy a ticket and the event is done, it's done. Right. With the NFT, you there's value to it. There's some sort of value besides the event that you're going to be getting that you could potentially sell to somebody else or pass it on to somebody else. It's a permanent virtual world object that they can own. You create a virtual world object, and then it's just it's it's just like having a tangible object, but it's in the virtual world. And then you can do whatever you want with it. You can give it away. You can sell it. You can buy it. You can trade it. Correct. It's no different except it doesn't actually exist except in the virtual world. Is that is that it? Digital. Digital. Yes. Digital world. Yeah. Digital and virtual. Same thing, isn't it? Yeah. See, I know you can do it. I know you can get it across. There we go. All right. So this it is, like a- but it, it is confusing. It is confusing. So that's why I just, you know, I, I encourage everyone that's listening just to start reading up on it, paying attention to it. Maybe look up, there's podcasts called NFT 101 that will, you know, might have to listen to it a few times until it really starts making sense. And it took me a while. So it's, it's not something that is easily, you know, absorbed. So do you think that the fact that it's not easily absorbed is going to, going to be a barrier to adoption? Yes, it's going to take longer, but the ones that do adopt it early are going to reap the most benefits. So for sure, people are going to be sketched out about it. People are going to be like, what is this? So that's why I'm saying there's nothing wrong with just experimenting, you know, low key, not necessarily with your business, do it personally. And once you start experimenting, and dabbing in it, you'll get it and it'll become like, okay, this aha moment. And if it's not, it's not, but there's going to, there's always going to be the, the ones that are like, you know, I'm not comfortable doing this. This doesn't make sense. I'm comfortable do- being in this lane and this lane only. And what I'm saying is that I don't believe that those people will, will be able to really catch up if you don't just start paying attention now to where technology is going. I see I see a lot of future millionaires being made off from Web 3.0 that are piss poor broke right now. The, these guys are listening. They, they, my dad used to say, ain't got a pot to piss in or a window to throw it out. That's how broke you are. Okay. And I see these guys getting those aha moments and becoming pioneers. That's the first ones in and staying with it. It's just like YouTube. If I could go bass backward in time, I wish I would have went into YouTube on the day it opened, doubled down on every single thing that I ever did on that platform, and because I would have been, I would have just been rich and retired eight, nine, ten years ago. Because look at PewDiePie. Look at all these guys that 
got in early, stayed in at Wine Library TV. Gary Vaynerchuk built off from YouTube, built off from that platform that so many people wouldn't adopt. So really what you're showing us is Web 3.0, get in, stay in, dial it in. So that means if you're screwing up, figure out the route, but don't don't quit, keep going forward. And then and then it's going to lead to growth and success and wealth and and whatever else you're trying to achieve. I don't care. Put whatever words you want to put in down the road. So you're not playing catch up. Is that right? Exactly. I'll be honest. This is the most excited I've ever been in business ever. And I thought you couldn't you couldn't replicate how excited I was when Google and search and social, I was able to like see the the future of that with public relations. I was, I thought I got an MBA. I was like, oh my God, I'm 10 times more excited right now about what Web 3.0 has to offer any brand, any business socially. It's, it's going to be like a huge opportunity financially. It's going to make, make things easier, more efficient, less expensive, and you have more opportunity to make more money. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I definitely am with you. I just, I wish there was a, a better sense of direction right now, but I think this is so early in this game that, I mean, just at least being aware of it is step one. Don't turn, don't, don't turn it off. Just tune into it is step two. So I don't know. That's, that's my take. All right, Lisa, if guys wanted to learn more from you, where would they find you at? So you can go to thebuyergroup.com, and that's basically the umbrella website where you can find articles that I write, my courses that I teach, um, any other brands that I'm associated with. I just wrote an article that was published, I think it was last week, about the metaverse and marketing in the metaverse and what brands need to know. So if you want, you can put that in the show notes because I think that's a great primer I also have a couple other links that I can share with you if you want to share it with the audience on just um, resources to help them get started. Very basic. And you resources. do a weekly email blast too, don't you? Yes, I do. Yep. And does that come out every Thursday? Is it every Thursday, Lisa? Um, it's actually more than once a week, but I do once a month, I do a 21 things email that is basically like the top 21 things that whether it's technology or marketing or health and wellness. Um, so that comes out once a month. And then I do weekly emails on my podcast and different things that are happening with my collaborators. Yeah, because I'm on your I'm on your uh, email list. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Here's my first NFT. Twenty one things. What what's the metaverse? Mark Burke, Mark Zuckerberg says it's a digital world built over our own compromising virtual reality headsets and augmented reality. This is directly off from your. um my 21 things. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, good stuff. Yeah, I've been subscribed to your email thing for a while now. So, all right. Um, well, thank you for opening my emails. Oh, you know, I always look at them. They're it's hey. good stuff. Awesome. <laughs> Thanks. I love hearing that. Well, yeah. I guess, I guess you know, from this end of it, you don't get to hear that. You send them out and you don't know how they're received. I get that. As a business owner, we put our stuff out there and we never know if people are looking at them, reading them or not. But I've got yours up here right here where it's Gary Vaynerchuk. There it is. 
and uh, Mark Zuckerberg, and they're they're you know thick as thieves sitting right next there talking talking the metaverse. So yeah, yeah, I would highly recommend watching that. Is there any any influencers you think we should follow to to stay on top of things, Lisa? I mean, uh, well, I, I want to. I'm I'm just lost. I want to know. I want a sense of direction. What do I got to do to make sure that I, I I'm kind of getting the latest and greatest? Is that something that you would provide through your email blast, or is there somebody else? Or yeah, what, what and my, and my, so I mean, Gary Vaynerchuk is you know this is his new thing that he's all in. So he wrote a book that's coming out this month about NFTs. And it's, I think that would be a great place to start. Kathy Hackle wrote a book that I wrote the forward on and it's called Marketing and New Realities. And that's like a super basic book about what brands need to know about virtual reality, augmented reality. It's, it's a, it's a primer. Like it's, it's very, it's a very easy read. So I just, you know, would recommend just starting out like really simple and you know, maybe set up a Google alert for, you know, NFTs or some of these keyword phrases. So you're getting some of the articles that are coming out and just start paying attention. It's, it's a little bit intimidating at first, but you just kind of, kind of work through getting these initial things set up and really like letting your brain absorb it just from a personal standpoint. And then once you get it from a personal standpoint, you'll get it from a business standpoint. Hmm. All right. Well, thank you, Lisa. I appreciate your time today. Let's say a few words to the audience. I know a lot of you guys, um, you may have some insight into this. I mean, because this is a brand new pioneering phase and I want to highly encourage you guys to explore it, to go dive down into it because it's just like anything in the earliest, earliest phases, the guys that are in first have the best chance to win the most. And basically what Lisa is presenting us is the information saying, here it is. Web 3.0 is here to stay. The metaverse is here to stay. Uh, Start to look into it. And if you guys have any experience, knowledge, insight, wit, wisdom, or knowledge, if you wouldn't mind putting it in the comments down below, because I think that's how we all grow is when we start to share our knowledge. And I want to say thank you to Lisa for sharing hers with us today. Thank you, Lisa. Much appreciated. Thank hey, you. And namaste. How do guys get on your, how do guys get on your email blast? How, how do they get that? Cause I'm on yes. it and I, I want to make sure other guys know how to get on it. Sure. If you go to the buyergroup.com, there's um, a right, right at the top, a place to subscribe. Okay, very cool. And I recommend you guys doing it because she's got some good stuff, especially on this stuff. And that's all we got for you today. God bless you guys and go get them. Catch you on another one. All right, thanks guys for tuning in today and make sure you come back next week. We've got more expert landscape business advice coming down the pipeline. Once again, a huge shout out to LMN Software for sponsoring this podcast and making this all happen. LMN is the most comprehensive landscape business management software in the industry. It's the true do-it-all tool for your landscape business and provides a platform to scale your company to the next level. And the best part about LMN is they have a free version which you can begin using today. Just visit golmn.com backslash disruptors. You guys can start taking advantage of the software that I've been using to help me create a successful, sustainable, and profitable company. That's golmn.com backslash disruptors. Thanks again, everyone, and see you next week.